Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French and English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamslike.com. Today, I'm very, very excited about our fifth episode of season 16. And I have a very special guest, an intuitive coach and psychic medium, helping people overcoming grief and finding joy in life again, Mr. Seth Elliott. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to him to be able to introduce himself and as no one can do a better job. Seth, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Dan. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the the, the platform. Um, so yeah, so I'm a I'm an executive I'm an executive coach, an intuitive coach. Um, I I'm a psychic medium. I am an animal communicator. I work with um, LG parents of LGBTQ plus children um, to kind of help them navigate the landscape that is the LGBTQ world. Um, this is what I'm doing actually most recently. Um, but I do readings, I do healings, I facilitate healing meditations. Um, there's a lot <laughs> that I do. Um, um, I also love to work with LGBTQ plus executives um, and creatives and influencers to help them find freedom again or find their smile again. And some people have called me a smileologist, which I'm trying to adopt um, every day. And essentially, I just help people to find not just I help people find their smile again. And that was coined by a client of mine before. So I didn't I didn't actually come up with that myself. <laughs> Not a problem. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, Seth, to be able to join us and hopefully enlighten all of our listeners. Uh, we actually are uh, past 1 million listeners for our uh, happiness journey. So I'm very wow. glad your presence oh will definitely increase their, uh, the value of this podcast. So we um, oh mentioned earlier that you are... Um, helping people overcoming grief. So have you gone yourself through some sort of grief that you have learned through your own personal experience on how to be able to, uh, you know, like share your experience with others and how for them to deal with the same predicament? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I I have, whew, I've been through so much in my life, um, you know, from coming out the first time as gay to coming out the second time as a psychic medium to being held at gunpoint three times, um, once in Colombia, once in New York, and then once in Mexico. I have, I've survived cancer. I've survived um, numerous boyfriends, actually, zero converting from HIV negative to HIV positive without becoming HIV positive. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, and everything in between, right? Like I, I, I've had every job known to man. Um, HR has been very good to me. So I've been in HR for 15, 16 years. Um, but, you know, through it all, I found that I went through certain stages and phases. Um, and that's why I created the smile method. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, and the grace method. So the smile method, sorry, let me just take a sip. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> The smile method is for helping people to overcome current obstacles, challenges, uh, changes, transitions. Whereas the grace method um, is to help people heal from their past once and for all. And we can go into more detail on that, but I just want to kind of 
cover that. So it's because I've been through all of this stuff in my life and continue to go through stuff. I mean, I've even been um, a victim, uh, well, let's say a survivor, right, of sextortion, <clears throat> which if you don't know what that is, essentially they hack onto your computer, get some private photos and, and, and videos, and then use that to extort money from you. Cool. That was That was terrible as well. So all these things have shaped me and helped me to become the person I am that I can actually smile, right? Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like getting up out of bed is um, is a blessing and a gift. Well, now, um, despite all the challenges that you face, now, how did you, because obviously when it becomes too overwhelming for people to deal with like a tidal wave of issues coming all at the same time, um, did you deal with one problem at a time when it just came like a, like I mentioned, like a tidal wave? And uh, if so, how, how did you prioritize which issue to deal with first and the others how to deal with them later? Sure. I think it's happened both ways. Um, so sometimes like the sextortion challenge just happened by itself, essentially. Um, but I was not in the best place in my life, um, spiritually, I guess, either or emotionally. Um, so, <clears throat> but when the tidal wave comes, you know, for me, it's about survival. Um, and it's about the do in terms of priority and urgency for me, it's do what's going to help you the most survive each day. Right. So if like, so with this extortion, I had to tell my husband, like, this is going on. Right. And that was a very uncomfortable conversation. Um, and I had to get digital forensics investigators involved, um, which was again, very vulnerable, you know, um, and all of these things happened, but I knew that I had to get it done. So I knew that I had to be proactive. I knew that I had to, um, and I, I, I pretty much figured out that like, I'm going to put my emotions on hold. I mean, I know they're there. I know they're there. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to move through them and activate them and move through them. But right now I just need, I need to get logistics done. I need to be proactive and, and kind of triage what's going on. So for me, it's, it's about securing that, which is most important to you. Um, and, uh, and being proactive and really getting like taking some steps to, to start moving yourself forward. Or in my case, Start the legal process or start the, you know, before, because the emotions will come, the emotions will be there and the emotions will come in their time. So how long did it take you to be able to solve that, that trauma in your life? I mean, the, the sextortion, I mean, was it something that was ongoing or was it suddenly from one day to the other, it disappeared? <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish the grief and, and trauma was like that. Um, well, you know, what, what I haven't told you is that, you know, I started to kind of flirt with this person online and then that's how they kind of got into my computer and laptop. So it wasn't like the best situation for my marriage either. Um, even though, you know, we, we can, we're allowed to flirt with other people. <laughs> um, so um, for me, I think the first couple of weeks were terrible because I had to relive it every day. I had to literally, I had to literally continue the conversation on Instagram to make to ensure that it was enough information for the digital forensic investigators to take over. So I had to, knowing that this was going on, I had to knowingly kind of deceive this person, but also like talk to someone who was causing me this much pain. Okay. Um, so I would say until even the case closed, like three weeks later, that's when I, I finally sighed. And I think that's when the emotion started to kick in. Um, immediately, I was numb. I had no, I mean, 
I know I was in such I was in such shock, right? That I had really no idea what to do. Um, and this could be a good way for me to to explain the smile method and the smile kind of the five step method because I went through all of those five steps. It doesn't always happen linear, but this this time it did. So I was in shock immediately, and then I went right into logistic mode. So after about thirty minutes of when I got the kind of the email of like I'm going to ruin your family, your job, your life, your I'm going to tell your parents, your husband, blah blah you know, um, and then demanded money. I was in shock, but then I was like, okay, so what do I do? So I looked up, I didn't even know what a digital forensic investigator was. So I was like, who, how, you know, how do I find, how do I get an investigator? Blah, blah. So within two hours, I was on the phone with someone talking and then they said, you have to tell your husband right away. Like, this is not, so, <laughs> so then I literally had to do that like same day. Uh, it was a lot, it was a lot to go through, um, but I consider that, so, S is for shock, right? M is for mock acceptance. And I think mock acceptance is exactly doing is actually taking action on the logistics. So it's part denial and part acceptance. So I'm moving through it and I'm like, okay, I know that I'm gonna feel emotions, but I'm just not feeling them now, but I'm gonna get through all these actions, right? Um, and then after the three-week mark, when I finally sighed and was like, okay, and I started talking to my husband more about what was going on, that's when the emotions started happening. That's when I would laugh incessantly and then cry incessantly you know and that's what i call in overwhelmed them so it's like the overwhelming feelings of significant and poignant emotions um and so that took that took a while um i'm not gonna lie like a couple of months maybe of like just not feeling like myself um and then as i was going through that process I'm, I'm going through what's called l is for learning right so i'm learning and reflecting on what happened what i could have done better what I'm missing from my life that made me like flirt with this other person, you know, like all these things that, and by the way, I've never shared this before on any podcast. So, <laughs> um, so, um, cause it recently, I mean, happened like within the past two years, um, usually I talk about cancer or like surviving kidnap, but this is, um, this is newer, um, and more fresh too. So the learning part is reflection. So what can I do better? What, should I have done? And then also, how can I help more people in the future going through extortion? Um, and that takes a while. I'm even still in that mode, if you will. You know, I'm still like, every time I, I don't talk about it often. So when I talk about it, I can feel the emotions come back and I'm like, okay, this happened. Yes. And it was a terrible situation, but I've now made the best of it. It's now two years later. So now I'm, I feel like I'm getting to the part E, which is embraced. So I don't feel like acceptance is enough anymore because we live in the 21st century. And if we just accept what happens to us, we won't ever really embrace what happens to us. And when we embrace it, we then become grateful for it. Not that I'm grateful yet completely um, for that situation, but I am grateful for what it has brought. I'm grateful for part, certain parts of it, what it's brought into my life, how it has helped my husband and I, how um, I know the signs to look for. I, I, and I now can I, I can now relate and connect with people on a very different level that have been through something similar to this. And I can also help others that are, that are going through this or been through this. And I think it's almost another like badge from my life that I've, that I've earned now. Like, okay, I've been through this. So it's like, what it's a, now it's almost two years later. And, you know, I would say I'm like 95%, right. And I hope to get to 100 or 99.99. Um, but it is, a lesson that I will never forget. And also it's a good story in the sense that it helps other people realize that because a lot of people see, you know, the this perception of me online and I'm very authentic and real, but like I do have a really good life and I'm very blessed um, and privileged. Um, 
And so it makes me more human to go through these things. And it makes people connect with me more that have been through similar situations. So I use everything as a learning tool for myself, as well as to give it to others. That was a very long-winded answer. Oh, that, that definitely elongated. Yes. <laughs> but so when, okay, so if we, we, we feel that, you know, sometimes people are going through grief, loss of a loved one. I mean, in this case, you really lost your identity for that time, for that period of time. So um, the, when you help others, let's say if they lost someone from cancer or um, any other illnesses, do you, is there similarity from what you've gone through with the sextortion to someone's going through with a loss of a, of a loved one? I think that from a, from a smile method perspective, yes, there are definitely similarities. I just feel every single loss I feel is completely different and completely unique for each person because you don't know what type of such set of situations, right? But I've also lost people to cancer. I've also had cancer. So there, there is that nuanced kind of experience that I don't want to say wisdom, but like I move in there, but with like the, the experience that I have being there. Um, so yes, there are definitely similarities and there's definitely, we're all going to go through those. I feel like we're going to go through those steps and more. Um, and we might even, something will trigger us. We'll go back and we'll feel these emotions and then we'll work our way back. So it's all, um, it's all relative, but I do believe that, yes, it's definitely, definitely similar in, in, in the way that we handle the way that we respond and the way that we move through loss. So I feel like that's why I, I put this out there and I want everyone to know about the smile method or, or all my methods, because I feel like there is a beautiful truth to moving through these different stages and it's all about healing, right? Like if I really wanted to say something, I'd say it's the five step method to healing, but I really feel like the five step stages to move through trauma, to move through grief, to move through loss. So tell me, Seth, do you, do you think there's a similarity for, I mean, uh, a connection between when someone is a caregiver of someone who's going through cancer, okay? And obviously when they, they go through cancer, the, the person is not always in a good mood. They're in pain through chemotherapy and so on and so forth. So the caregiver usually takes the whole brunt of their mood, of their of their actions and so on and so forth. So when they lose that person from cancer, is there a sign of relief by the same time of grief? So those two, can they inter interconnect and you know wor work in the same mold, if we could say it this way? Because you feel like, okay, now this person is in a better place. They're not suffering anymore. They're not in pain. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now I don't have to deal with all those responsibilities that I dealt before. So how does that balance between both? Because we are humans and complex beings and complex spiritual beings and emotional beings, I believe we could have 15 different emotions at once. Um, and I know I know this particular one myself because my mother-in-law, I, I was there, we, we passed, we were there for the last 10 days because she's in South Africa and we were her caretakers and caregivers and we all felt that relief as well as such deep sadness, right? Um, and, there, and there's lots of things I would kind of recommend and suggest before like have all those conversations have all the talks get everything kind of organized in a way with with your loved one um but i i think there's so many emotions it's not just relief it's also i mean there's also sadness but also kind of like 
relief in the sense that I don't have to do anything anymore, but also relief that they're not in pain anymore or relief that they're in a better place or relief that they're in def I mean, I, I believe that everywhere is heaven compared to here, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely believe, and we can be feeling all sorts of things um, when someone's passes as well. And, um, and even at like a glimmer of hope, right? That, because when you're caregiving, I, I know this from firsthand, like I know it gets so, to be so overwhelmingly intense and overwhelmingly kind of all the responsibility falls onto you. Um, so there is this sense of like purpose, right? So that when they, when they pass, you're like, okay, whoa, well, what do I do now? Right? Like, what am I doing next? When really it's just, I think for the first couple of days, it's just one foot in front of the other. Um, but I believe that everyone goes through that. Um, well, everyone goes through that who's losing someone to cancer, right? Or, or illness, because they can see the pain that they're going through and their caregiving at the same time. Um, so I believe that's one of the most common things I've seen actually um, for caregivers. But now, now everyone has a different relationship with the one who's ill. Um, it's hard <laughs> to, to customize your teachings and your consulting, or would say your coaching for everyone to be able to feel something that is linear because there's nothing linear about it it's more like everyone will say well i was closer to that person or i was not close enough or i regret that i was didn't spend too much time with this person and so on and so forth so when you help someone going through grief before because of the loss of a loved one um is there a specific step or uh, like kind of a process that you put them through to be able to learn to accept to embrace to do all of this and not feel any guilt thinking that I should have given more time. I should have given more care. I should have done that, or I should have done this. Um, is there a way for people, especially our listeners that are going through this kind of process right now, to be able to kind of aid them, to help them um, cope with those changes they're going to encounter in the next few months or until the person uh, deceased? Ooh, there, we were like two or three questions in one there. Oh, um, so... <laughs> So when I work with someone, you know, I take the whole kind of picture, right? So I talk to them and I get the whole picture. And then I, I, I decide whether I'm going to work with them on levels of awareness, because I also have a bunch of levels of awareness. Um, it's a talk that I give to companies. Um, or I take them through smile method, or I take them through the grace method, which we haven't spoken about, but it's helped people through past. And then I help them, I, sometimes I help them design their own kind of path and, and five-step method towards moving through what they're moving through. Um, but each person is completely unique, um, no matter what. So, if if so, that, I think that answers the first kind of question, a part of that question. The second question is, you know, if people are going through it now. You know, I would. Um, I'm like, run out and buy my book. No, just kidding. Uh -huh. I I think um, understand. I think awareness is key, to be honest, of where you are and how you are where you are. Um, so. Some people I work with, I literally will do, I'm also a psychic, right? And a medium. So some people I work with and I give them a reading as we're coaching together. And I, sometimes I do it towards the beginning of our work together because I feel like I don't want to know that much about them. And then when I do the reading for them, I can understand I'm like, oh, okay, so it feels like you weren't as close as you would have liked, or I feel guilt, right? At the end of your rope or or sometimes it's 20 years before that and they're still battling with grief. And I'm like, you know, and I tell them something about how the mother or father wanted to pass when they were outside the room and they're like, how could you possibly know that? You know, and it literally, I can see the, 
the 20 years of guilt um, just kind of dissolve into who they are and like, and release. So there's, there's definitely like when I often recommend people wait six months for a reading, but, but sometimes there is just this beautiful kind of release when I talk to people. And so I help people figure out how they got to be where they are, figure out where they are on the spectrum of healing and then help them to kind of move through the different, um, the different aspects, the different phases that of, of, and it could be more than five, right? But there could be 10. Um, but I really help them move forward in their life and move on with their life and kind of give them purpose and celebration, you know, so it's a whole kind of beautiful process. Um, and then I think the last part of your question was basically how like words of wisdom, I guess, or words to like people that are going through it now. I mean, like work for one, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you and I'm sending you healing. Like it's, it's tough. I know it's tough. Um, second thing is support, right? Like find your support group around you, um, whether that's friends, other family members, or whether that's a therapist or a coach. Um, I think that's really important. I think uh, if you're not feeling any emotion, feel numb for a while because that's normal too. The emotions will definitely come. The emotions will definitely be there and you will definitely need to go through those emotions as well. Um, and, and work with someone, like talk to friends, share your experience, you know. Um, I also don't think that you, I mean, depending on the loss, it could take you months or a year two years to kind of feel better about life in general or it could take the rest of your life like it depends on who you are um i don't want to take it i don't want it to be the rest of your life but if you get the, the proper kind of assistance um you will live a better life you know with support or coach or therapy than you won't that you will if you don't take those actions absolutely and i'm sure that our listeners are thinking the same thing that i'm thinking right now i'm going to ask you a question is okay. medium close to something that has to do with paranormal activities or supernatural uh, kind of like talking with the spirits? Is it so? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. The, so that, that's the question that I wanted to ask you. I said, do you, if so, let's say some people feel that the spirit is still in the house after the person has passed away, is there a way for you to close that wormhole, if we would call it like in the, uh, <laughs> you know, the universe where... Right the person lives in peace and they no longer hunt the area where they're in there, there's uh, there's a lot of nuanced answers that i could give but let's just say if it's part of someone if, if it's like your mother or your father or your relative that's one thing right um because sometimes people want more connection with them or some people actually feel them and they like feeling them. So that's a question, I, I think it's a more individualized question. Um, but yet, yes, to answer your question, yes, of course there's a way to kind of close the wormhole. I can ask them to leave. Um, there's lots of different things we can do. I do feel that that's a very individualized question in terms of like, maybe they want them to be around, you know, like I have friends that are like, I wish I could talk to my mom every day and I know I feel her, but I, you know, and I'm like, well, your mom is around you every day, so talk to her, you know? Um, uh, and some people don't want it at all, you know, but they're having experiences. So I will kind of, if I'm talking to them and I'll be like, you don't want these experiences anymore. You're sure you don't want these anymore. Yes. Have them come to me in my dreams. All right. So let's ask, you know, all we can do is ask. Um, but yeah, I've definitely helped I've definitely helped remove fear. See, there's another part of that too. Like 
hauntings sometimes aren't necessarily the same family members or the same friends that we've lost, right? So that's a whole other thing that I don't normally get into. Um, I have other friends that do hauntings and stuff. Um, but yes, there's always a way to get them out. So so the, the haunting is more related to a poltergeist versus someone <laughs> has to do with, uh, you know, wanting to keep a loved one around, then this is like more of the good spirits. Yeah, I think poltergeists are, are let's say... So yes, there's good spirits, there's our family members and our friends and our people who we've lost. And there's people that are probably, well, there's also people that kind of are attached to the house or place or setting somehow. Then there's people that are, are entities that are just like mischievous, right, as well. And then there's, I think there's darker ones, but I don't really get into that. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, there's a whole spectrum, right? Um, but yeah, we can definitely, I mean, I even had, I even had like, mischievous like poltergeist that I've gotten rid of when I was like 21 or 22 you know fun stories of of me asking them to leave and then they left you know so um <laughs> yeah that's a whole yeah. that's a whole different podcast on this it's own. a whole different podcast to <laughs> have you back uh, said because I'm sure that you know we, we watch those movies on TV or those like re so-called reality shows, we all know that's like uh, 5% reality, 95% BS. Um, but it, it, when you look at all those uh, shows about the supernatural, the paranormal activities, I mean, is that something that you in real life as a psychic medium, you would experience, you would see some, uh, some of those uh, situations that a family would experience something that is paranormal. And then you have to figure out exactly what kind of spirit they have inside the house so i haven't personally done that very often in my life um, my husband has done that more and i have other friends that do that and do paranormal kind of activity stuff um the stuff that i've done and my husband has done more is kind of help investigators um and police um with murders and um and missing cases like missing person cases so um so it's more um I think I help more with like the murders and the, and the, and, and this, that side of the world versus like the paranormal activity. I mean, could I do it? Probably, but, mm -hmm. um, but I have other friends. If you do want to do a podcast, I have a great friend that would love to probably talk about her yes. paranormal experience. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I was always very, very curious as a therapist, because obviously I'm more into something that is tangible when it comes to mental illnesses and all. But so the paranormal sure. side, I was always curious um, I'm not sure where I do I stand in terms of believing it or not believing it, or if it's really something that is it, I don't know, really someone connecting with the dead or connecting with the spirit. I mean, is there any truth to that? If there was, I mean, obviously, you know, there would be a lot more, but, you know, I, I read a lot that those who are connected to the spirit, are they really just are good investigators so they know all the intricacies of what the other person wants to believe? Because someone who is going through grief, they want to believe anything that you tell them because sure. They, sure. they feel that they're missing something. They contacted you because you're the professional and they want to be able to hear what you want to give them. So you could come up with anything and they will extract whatever they can believe from it and make it the whole thing. Uh, so that's why, I mean, I, I truly believe that there's there's some truth behind it. But then again, it depends on the, on the, who is behind all of this in terms of... Yeah. 
for example, for me, and I'm not here to make anyone a non-believer believer. I don't, I don't believe in that. What I, what I love is like when I do a reading where I don't know anything, right. And I just tell them all this description and, and how the person died and what they were wearing and all this stuff. And they're like, how could you possibly know that? You know, like those are the details that I strive for as a medium, because I feel like those kind of facts help with the entire reading. And by the way, like some people come to me years and years and years after, right. So like, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's grief, but it's it's kind of more curiosity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the and they yeah, but I've never had anyone be like, oh my god, you're totally wrong, you know. So and I know the reality shows, the reality shows, but like my life is not a reality show, you know. And I I love giving back to people, and I love giving people hope. You know? That is that is beautiful. Well said. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really okay. appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 16 of the Happiness Journey podcast, filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listen today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Life is full of unexpected challenges. And one of the toughest is the profound grief that comes with loss. Now, whether it's the loss of a loved one or the end of a significant relationship, it can leave us feeling joyless. But even in the darkest moment, there is hope. Grief can reveal our inner strength and resilience. With time, patience, and self-compassion, we can heal and rediscover joy. Allowing ourselves to grieve is crucial. Embracing the pain and expressing our emotion authentically is okay. While grief may never fully disappear, we can integrate into our lives. Honoring memories and carrying legacies forward help us heal. Now, as we heal, we open ourselves to new possibilities. Finding joy doesn't mean forgetting what we've lost, but embracing the present. Rediscovering happiness, nurturing passion, and redefining purpose are important. Now, the path is challenging, but transformative, empowering us to honor both the past and future, but always focusing on the present. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.